So this past week, our whole staff went to a conference in Dallas, and I was keenly aware that one of our staff would be leaving this week. Now, Paxson, we've said goodbye to you like three times already, okay? <laughs> we've clapped for you. I'm not going to do that today. You know, I don't want to give you a big head or anything. Um, but I would like to say thank you. And um, what I wanted to do is I really wanted to just pray for you, and I wanted to bless you. And, and, you know, in the days of Aaron and Moses, the blessing was, was instituted to put the name of God onto people, to put the name of God onto others. And that's what I want to do for you, because I know you're going, where are you going? Here, you want to speak right in here? Where, where are you going? Troy. Troy, yeah. is this even on anymore? Okay, there you go. Yeah. Troy, Troy Texas, Texas, and you're going to be a mathematician. Can I, I say am that? I'm a mathematician. Okay. I'm going to be a high school teacher. Okay. <laughs> Your sense of sarcasm will fit in very well you with can, those. You can turn this off at any point. Okay. Okay. Come on, stand up. Okay, there you go. All right. You know, but but seriously, you know, you you are going to do really good things, and I feel it, and I can see it. Um, you've done some great things here, and, and I want you to know that whatever you've taken, whatever you've learned here, whatever that is, um, hold on to the good things, okay? Um, Paul says in Romans 12, hold on to the good, and that's what I want you to do, because what, what, what you've been able to learn from these, from, from these students and what they've been able to learn from you is something that is going to last forever. And, and so what I wanted to do is take a moment, just, just bless you, okay? All right, may the Lord bless you, bless you with with a future, bless you with success, bless you with opportunities to, 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 to speak into the lives of, of teens and adults. May the Lord keep you, keep you on the way, keep you close to his heart. May the Lord keep you in his will, those, those places where you need to be, where your feet need to be firmly planted. May he keep you there. And may the Lord let his face to shine on you, everything you do. May even those problems that are difficult to solve in your life, may those be a glory to God. May, may the Lord shine through you. And may the Lord turn his face to you. So, so that you always know you are not alone and that you can always speak your mind to the God of heaven and earth. And the Lord has got good things for you. And so I just am going to bless you in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of the God of, of Abraham, in the name of God of Isaac and Jacob, that you will be his servant. Let's pray for you. God, thank you for this man. Thank you for what he has been able to do. And I pray that you will help him to uh, go forth from this place, Lord, taking a piece of us with him so that the influence of the people here can continue to move forward through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Love you, brother. Thank you, All right, man. Um, there's going to be a reception for Paxton immediately following church right through these doors in the fellowship hall. So just come and say thank you. Come and just say hello and, uh, you know, write a problem for him to solve. He might even be able to do that for you. That's what y'all do, right? Okay. I, I don't know. I was an arts major, so I don't really know what they do. <laughs> Love you, brother. All right. So this past week has been kind of difficult for a lot of people in San Angelo. Um, we don't know why certain things happen. Nature is an amazing and terrifying thing, isn't it? But there's a lot of people who have 
uh, learned that they will be moving into summer with a lot of questions, with a new normal, challenges. Some are going to be displaced, and others are going to have to be rebuilding. Sometimes there are no answers, really. But it's okay to ask God the hard questions. And it's even better to ask those questions while we are actively sharing the kingdom of God. A lot of times we ask questions and then we get in the corner. And I think it's probably more helpful if we ask questions while we are doing something. You know, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have something to share. We have something to share with the wealthy people inside their immaculate homes. And we have something to share with those people who are rebuilding their devastated homes. And whether or not you are or are not a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to cast a vision for you today of something that is possible. Of a new life. Something that hopefully in the next few minutes you'll see that God's family is not complete. He wants you. And not to add to his collection, it's not that. He wants you because he knows that, that what, what you need is life. What you need is something that is forever. You need purpose. You need hope. And today, I hope to help us all to think a little bit deeper about our place and our purpose within the kingdom of God. Now, full disclosure, I've preached this sermon in some way, shape, or form, but I think it really has something to say to us today here where we are right now. So let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. Um, if you have your app, open that up. On the very front page, you'll see uh, sermon notes. Just click on that, and on there you can actually click straight to this 1 Peter scripture as well. Now, many years ago, whenever I was in Houston, my preacher and my friend, Rick Fife, he sat me down over Mexican food, and he asked me some serious questions. He asked me, what is it you want to do with the rest of your life? Isn't it funny how some of the best conversations happen over food? I love that. And so, at the time, I was doing video work. I've done a lot of things in my life, yeah. I was doing video work. I was doing multimedia. I was helping them communicate through um, their sermons, through the website, through different things like that. And so he asked me, is this what you want to do for the rest of your life? Do you want to be known as the video guy forever? Now, there's nothing wrong with the video guy because I really enjoyed it and I loved it. But I just felt that God wanted me to do something different. And so what he did over that next hour and a half is he cast a vision for me of something that I could do that would better suit my gifts. And so he started painting this picture about um, being with people. Because I, I felt God had called me to be with people, but I wasn't really sure what that looked like. So he started saying um, over, over sour cream enchiladas, he started encouraging me to expand my focus, to include lots of people, um, to, maybe, to maybe have a career that, that involved spending most of my time over coffee. Spending most of my time having lunches, playing golf with people, spending time where people were and where they lived each and every day. I'd, I would teach class on Sunday and Wednesday, um, but I would be spending a lot of that time during the week just being with people. 
digging into their lives, talking about Scripture, sharing Christ with others, you know? I mean, I, I, heard, I heard food and I heard golf and I'm in. And I thought, hey, I, I, could, I could do this. This is really a job. And so for the next five years, that's what I did. I just started having coffee with people like I have done with several of you. It's just have coffee and, and have lunch. And, and by the way, I still haven't made my way all to you yet. But I love that. And I learned some things. I learned how to order coffee the way you're supposed to order coffee. You know, my order is, is, is good. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a grande, uh, skinny, fat-free, no-whip, cinnamon dolce latte, uh, misto. The word's misto. It's a poor man's latte. Grande, skinny, fat-free, no-whip, cinnamon dolce misto. Um, do the baristas care about me trying to save money? No, they don't. What do they do? Well, they, they like to play jokes on me. This is the order I got back whenever I ordered my, my coffee. <laughs> Seriously, who does that? And so what I did is I, now I say I'd like a, a grande, you know, fat-free, skinny, cinnamon dolce latte in as manly of a way as I can possibly order it. I think baristas are here to humble me. But for those several years, I learned a lot of Scripture. And I learned to read Scripture with people. And I had many people, uh, many meals with people that I knew, people that I didn't. And that time taught me a lot about what it means to be together. I mean, kind of like here, I'm learning about you in ways that I could never learn on a Sunday morning. Because some of us, we've been able to share that life together and have coffee and and, and there's a lot to learn over a cup of coffee, playing golf with somebody. Oh, you can learn a lot about a guy when you play golf with him. There's a lot to learn over, over food, over sour cream enchiladas, over waffles. Waffles happen to be one of my favorite breakfast foods. Is that, is that normal? Okay. Um, I love waffles. I love it. And, and, and I'm still looking for the best waffle in town. I've, I've made my way to a few places, but if you have any suggestions, let me know after church because I'm still looking for the best waffle. Um, the more people that I am um, able to meet with, the more I'm reminded of what Peter said in 1 Peter 4. This is what it says. He says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. He says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as if they're speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, you should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So as I saw... Uh, these people in this certain setting, I started seeing strengths and weaknesses, and I started encountering amazing gifts from people. I had meetings and conversations. I had uncom uncomfortable conversations. I was shown hospitality by people who liked me and people who didn't. It's humbling to be in that situation. I, I was able to meet with people who were spiritual insiders and people who didn't even know there were spiritual insiders. You know, these moments, they remind me that the church, that the mission of God is not about brick and mortar, as I've said before. It's not about, it's not about this. 
The mission of God is about, is about people. It's about people with gifts. It's about people who love, people who serve. It's about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is how we listen to one another, how we treat one another. It's about loving one another as if it were God loving us. I mean, this really is the key, isn't it? So we just spent a few days in Dallas in a conference about how we can serve you in richer and better ways and, and, and how we can grow our influence, this gospel influence here and around town. This, the, this great city still needs the gospel. And it's inspiring, really, but everything depends on how we can connect and relate with people. It's about serving. It's about empathy. It's about hospitality. And as I think about what it means to actually serve and to offer hospitality, there's always one organization that comes to mind, one organization that's very clear about its mission, about its purpose. It is, it is expanded. It is multiplied while maintaining its core identity. You know, very few organizations do it better than this one. It's a place that accepts and welcomes people of all types, and it gives them not just a service, but an experience. Each person who walks into this place is accepted as is, and they're served, and they're offered hospitality. And that place? The Waffle House. <laughs> you thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? So the Waffle House started in 1949 and has since become a nationally recognized American symbol. Started by uh, Joe Rogers and Tom Forkner, and they had a very simple idea. They wanted to be a restaurant where people would have to sit down and eat together. And they chose waffles. Anyone have any idea why they chose waffles? This was interesting to me. Waffles don't keep well. It's hard to order a waffle to go. You have to actually sit and eat it if you want to have it hot and good. So you order a waffle and you actually have to sit down, stop, and eat together. And since its beginnings, this Waffle House organization has become a national institution. Currently, there are about 2,100 Waffle Houses in America. And I will say that here in this great city of San Angelo, um, we could use one more. So if anyone's watching online from corporate headquarters of Waffle House, come on down. Is that good? Got it? Okay. I think that it's a very old and established church, a place that has really grown up here in this city and has done everything that, that we have done through the name of Jesus Christ here. I think that there are some things we can learn from this company. Don't be offended. I really do think that we can learn some things because whenever I started researching this, it's changed the way that I do things. It's shaped me. And so I hope it speaks to you and resonates with you as well. So if you want to take notes, uh, you can do so right now. Are you ready? So the first thing we can learn from Waffle House is this. There will always be a warm and friendly welcome. Not only will you be seen but you will most often be greeted by a sugar or a hun or a baby. And if you ask the waitress to tell you her story, she probably will. 
And for the most part, they treat you well. Now, even, even if they aren't feeling well, I have been treated very well in these places. So to me, this is something straight from Philippians 2. It says, In humility, honor others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to each of you looking to the interests of others. I've been to several of these places, and they look to my interests above their own. Now, you may say, of course they do. It's a service organization. You are their money. You know, they have to treat you well. No, they don't. I've been to several places that are much more expensive than this, and they do not and have not treated me well. The Waffle House, there will always be a warm and friendly welcome. Okay, second. Conversation is encouraged. If you look closely, you'll notice that these restaurants, they don't have tables that seat more than four people. How hard is it to have a table of 16 or even eight and you can't really talk to anybody? Okay, they have a small little group of tables. You actually have to sit there. In some cases, you have to even share a table. That's embarrassing, right? And you actually may have to meet someone that you've never met before and talk with them. You know, this is why it's important to have conversation. You know, we are trying our best to have a small group uh, kind of revival in the fall we're hoping to have about at least five more leaders and encourage other types of groups as well if you've always thought about leading a small group trust me it's not as hard as you're making it out to be you know what it is it's a place to have connection and conversation you know how in the world can we live as the body of christ here in this family unless we encourage deep conversation it's hard to really know each other if we're in and out before we say the closing prayer What if we were able to just sit and talk a while? Small groups encourage that as well. You know, small groups is where we have this opportunity to talk and to share life together. It's how we become an attractive community to people outside these walls. You know, small groups provide those opportunities. So here's a question that I have. You don't have to answer it, but I want you to think about it. How can we create an atmosphere here that encourages people to lean into this idea of togethering. I just made that word up, by the way, and I put it on a slide so it's official. How can we lean into this experience of togethering? Let's, let's make this a verb. Being with one another. Sharing life together. And I think sometimes this is a little uncomfortable and, and I will say I'm guilty of this right here, that I have often treated church in this world as if it was takeout Christianity. Where we just come in, we look at the bulletin, we choose the things we like, and then we leave. We don't really have any conversation. We don't really have to sit down and share a meal together. We get our stuff and we leave. And then later we get upset because we have heartburn. So we start griping. It's hard to gripe when you're looking at the person you're griping about. Share life. Have conversation with people. Together with one another. How is this at your home, by the way? How are you at creating places to talk at at home with your family? Here's another thing. Um, They show no partiality. Sometimes these places get pretty busy, and you'll notice they treat everyone the same, whether you have a lot of money, a lot of tattoos, or both. 
you know, regardless, you're going to have to wait if it's busy. They're not really respecters of people. They treat everyone the same. But I found in those moments of waiting, you actually can meet some interesting people. And if you wait, don't worry, a spot's going to open up. Next, it offers a space that is transparent and open. There are at least six to ten bar stools right in the front, and you can actually watch the cook prepare your food alongside another you know, person who's sitting right next to you. You know, and really, this is one of the only places left in America where you can actually see the brand of cigarette the cook is smoking as they're cooking your hash browns. I'm kidding. Everybody vapes now, so don't worry. Um, <laughs> but really, this is one of those places, they're proud of who they are. And they don't mind you seeing into the kitchen. Because that's where the good stuff happens. They're okay with that. They don't have anything to hide. And you know what? We're all a little bit different. It's okay if you know that. Because we're here to serve you. Here's a big one. They know who they are serving. These people are clearly focused on their customers. This is why it's one of the most, the longest running and um, last of the America's Authentic Roadside Diners. Now, we have a few here in town, but this is not the norm in other places. You know, the owners had a business model, and it's very simple. This is what they said. We aren't in the food business. We are in the people business, which means they're always available. The door is always open, no matter what time it is. There's always a pot of hot coffee waiting to be served by an interesting and diverse staff. In fact, you'll rarely find a more interesting and diverse group of people than you will running your local Waffle House. Now, I've been eating there since I was a, a boy, and I remember specifically the parents had their table, and us kids had our table. And whether we liked each other or not, we were eating together, we were laughing together, we were talking together. And 40 years later, I still like to eat there. I love it. I mean, where else can you order hash browns scattered, covered, and smothered? Waffle, eggs, bacon, toast under nine bucks, or a T-bone under $10. You can actually gnaw off the bone there in the restaurant. No one's going to judge you. I tried to do this in Colorado. It did not really go well. That was a nice restaurant, too, and I got the crazy looks. <laughs> but believe it or not, the Waffle House has actually become pretty crucial to our country's um, safety consciousness after the storms in early 2000s uh, fema created something called the waffle house index have you ever heard of this this is this is a true thing Uh, basically you can tell how bad off a certain area is after a hurricane after flooding after tornadoes uh, by uh, whether or not the waffle house is open it's true because what you'll find is that if it's open then there's still hope There's still a little bit of power. People are still able to get out. If it's closed, it is as bad off as it could be. Why? Because the Waffle House always open. They will do anything and everything they can to be open. So if that's closed, you're in a hopeless situation. Because even the government knows this is a company that is focused purely on people and serving I mean, I hope you can see where I'm going with all of this. And you're probably wondering when I'm going to get done because I know you're getting hungry. 
We will not be having waffles in the fellowship hall. We should have done it. We should have had waffles. Peter in this fourth chapter is not giving us a business model necessarily as followers of Jesus. He's reminding us of our purpose, really. He's reminding us that just as the goal of a Waffle House is to serve people, to accept all, to be open to all, I think he's saying the same thing to us. Are we open? A lot of times we think, oh, well, as soon as you change, then you can come and be involved with us. If we aren't willing to be open to all, then how can these people know for themselves the grace and hope that is available to them? I mean, we want to love. I know we do. We want to offer hospitality, even though it's uncomfortable. I know that. And we want to use our gifts because our hope is that everyone will see and experience Jesus for what he came to offer. And that is life and hope and, and, and love and eternity. I mean, we want this forever living soul, I hope. But, as it says in Romans 10, how can they call on the one they've not believed in? How can they believe in the one when they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? This word preaching is also just talking, telling them a story, proclaiming something. How can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet for all of those who bring good news. I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to be a little bold. I'm, you're sent, all of you. I'm sending you. Preach. Tell others about this hope. Now you're not off the hook anymore. You've been sent. A lot of times I've read that. I don't know if I've been sent. You're sent. We have good news. Oh, man, our news is good. And you've always been good at welcoming people. I love that about this place. But what if we just went a little deeper? What if we shared our stories, whether they wanted to hear it or not? What if we shared our life with them? You know, some of these people in the Waffle House are some of the most authentic, completely vulnerable, and open people, especially in front of strangers. And some of these people have the sweetest gift of conversation and welcoming. We can do that too. So Peter's telling us in that 1 Peter 4 that by using our gifts, we are praising and bringing honor and glory to God. Which I take to mean we're also building up His kingdom. So I want you to hear this once more as if Peter is talking straight to us, the Johnson Street Church. He's saying, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have been given to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And if anyone speaks, they should do, though, as, as if you're speaking the very words of God. And if anyone serves... They should do it with the strength that God provides so that in all things, all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. This is not about us because to Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So sometimes God gives us examples in the corporate world to show us and to encourage us to share our faith. I've been encouraged through this company. So I'm going to encourage you, welcome others in the name of Jesus. 
encourage conversation. Show no partiality. Be transparent and open. And remember who we're serving. My encouragement to you today is to find someone as we're standing to pray. Just pray for someone. If you need prayer, we have elders along the side of this congregation. We have some in the lobby. I'll be down here. So will some other staff. Pray for people. Serve. And I pray that the word that has been spoken today will go with you from this place. Because this world, this city, needs good news. Let's stand together. Let's sing.